the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, it's remarkable the extent to which people will go to try to explain away the miraculous power of God. The bottom line is that God is all-powerful. He can do anything He wants. Remember, the angel said, is anything too hard for God? Pastor Leighton Sheely is specifically thinking about the miracles recounted in the book of Daniel. He's taking us through Daniel with a series he's entitled, Two Kingdoms, referring to this physical world or kingdom all around us, and the unseen spiritual kingdom. He's made it into chapter 3, and we'll join him there in just a moment. This broadcast is brought to you by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and information about the church is on their website at highlands.us. Daniel is perhaps best known for the story of the fiery furnace, and we pick up halfway through that story in chapter 3, verse 10. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king of Nebuchadnezzar, We have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your king, out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury, this man had a real psychological problem. Uh, you know, some uh, uh, writers think he was manic depressive, uh, had some kind of a psychosis. He would be laughing one moment and angry the next. But he may have had a, a special interest in these young men who had served him well because he gave them another opportunity to comply with his orders. And he says, uh, you know, who is the God that can deliver you out of my hands? The, the men could have compromised with the king, defended their disobedience uh, by saying something like, you may have heard it, well, everybody else is doing it. Uh-huh. Or, you know, our office demands that we obey. I mean, we are in the service of the king, we've got to do what he says. Or, how about this one? Well, we'll bow with our knees, but inside we're not bowing with our hearts. Um, or this one. You know, um, we're in a high place and we can help our people, but we can't help them if we're dead. Maybe we need to stay alive to help our people. Or how about this one? Oh, look, my shoe's untied. (laughs) True faith doesn't look for excuses, doesn't look for loopholes. It simply obeys God and knows that he will do what is best. It uh, doesn't rest on, on explanations or arguments or excuses. You know, we're living in a time when Christians are being tempted and pressured to compromise. I'm thinking of a, a baker who not too long ago had to close their business because they wouldn't compromise. A photographer who not too long ago had to close their business because they wouldn't compromise. A county clerk who ended up not being fired but going to jail, which bears a remarkable resemblance to a furnace because she would not compromise. We're living in an era when Christians are being increasingly pressured to compromise. Now, you notice the answer of the young man. He says, we're not careful to answer the, in this matter. Now, that, 
might have meant that they've already considered it, and we're not going to be uh, saying this in such a manner as to appease you, O king. Uh, We're not going to be careful about what we say and how we say it. We're just going to say it. Or it might have meant we don't need to defend ourselves or our God because he can defend both himself and us. It might have meant these kinds of things. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were men of faith, not of presumption. They didn't know for sure at this point if God was going to save them, but they knew that he could. You know, there's all kinds of faith that people have, supposed faith. There's a kind of a, a commercial faith, you know, um, God, I'll, uh, I'll obey you if you reward me for doing so. And some people actually operate with that kind of a faith. Really, it's only a variation on the devil's philosophy. All these things will I give you if you'll just bow down and worship me. The other people have the kind of faith that tries to negotiate with God. Hey, God, if you'll change my circumstances or heal me or do this or do that, then, then I'll worship you. And that's really just bargaining with God. But true faith confesses the Lord regardless of the consequences. Now, the king answers, asks a question. He says, Who, what God's going to deliver you? And uh, it's important for us to understand that ancient times... Battles between nations were perceived not only as battles between armies and battles between kings, but battles between gods as well. Because every nation had their god or their gods. And so when one was victorious over another, it was perceived that the god of that nation was stronger, more powerful than the god of the defeated nation. And you remember that God allowed Nebuchadnezzar to defeat Israel. In the eyes of Nebuchadnezzar, And the people of Babylon, that meant their God was stronger than the God of Israel. What God is going to save you from us? We've already defeated you. Verse 19. And by the way, one more thing. And that is modern people have a similar perception. And it's it's sort of this way. If this world is filled with evil, that must mean that the God of good has been defeated. And therefore he is powerless. Verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, their other garments, and were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. And because the king's orders was urgent and the furnace was overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste, and he declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four, four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods, filled with fury, uncontrollable anger. The expression of his face changed. You ever been around a person who gets so angry, their face distorts and changes, makes you step back? This king had a problem with his temper, and they got the best of him again. I mean, proud men don't like to be disobeyed. He'd given the option, the offer to these young men to, to change their ways, and they had refused, and so... He was disposed and determined to destroy them. Now, the passage mentions a furnace. 
And there are several different kinds of furnaces. One of the ones that we're probably more familiar with is the one that's used for baking bread. And it has a door in front. But by the description, this appears to be a furnace that was used for smelting ore. Perhaps the ore, the gold, that was used in the building of the statue. It had a large opening at the top through which the fuel and ore could be dropped into the fire. There was a door at the bottom through which the metal was taken out. There was an opening in the wall that enabled the smelters to see the progress of their work. It mentions that the king ordered it to be seven times hotter... And uh, the furnace could be made hotter by using air in bellows to raise the temperature from roughly 900 to 1100 degrees to about 1500 degrees centigrade, which is about 2700 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, according to the United Bible Society's Handbook on Interpretation, the word fell should not be one that is used for an accidental fall, but rather one that clearly indicates that the men were intentionally dropped into the fire by other people. The use of this verb confirms the way in which the condemned men were thrown into the furnace, that is, from the top. Now, regardless of what type of furnace was used, the king looked into the furnace and he saw that they weren't dead, they were alive. They were not bound, but they were loose. And there was a fourth person with them, someone that he described as a son of the gods, a phrase that is a Semitic expression for identifying a supernatural being. And from Nebuchadnezzar's perspective, he might consider it possibly one of the gods of the Babylonians. But the fourth person in the furnace was Jesus Christ in one of his pre-incarnate appearances before being born in Bethlehem. Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near the door of the burning fiery furnace and declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselor gathered together and saw the fire had not any power over the bodies of these men. The hair of their heads was not singed. Their cloaks were not harmed. There was no smell of fire or smoke had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So even though they had refused to bow down, according to the king's order, when the king ordered to come out, they didn't waste any time. And they could walk out because that cords that had bound them had not survived the furnace. Each man's body was whole. Their hair was not singed. Their clothing didn't even smell like fire or smoke. And they were inspected by Nebuchadnezzar and the leaders of Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar affirmed the power of God, the effectiveness of faith in him, and the dedication of these three remarkable men. And so by this act of faith... This became a witness of the power of Almighty God to the entire assembled leadership of the Babylonian Empire. The preservation of these men in the fiery furnace was miraculous. There is no other explanation for it. You either accept it or reject it. There have been so many efforts at trying to explain this thing away. Uh, Somebody suggested, well, it wasn't really them in the fire, but... 
the dancing flames made it look like they were in the fire. But how does that explain the death of those strong men who threw them into the fire? How did the strong men get killed and they didn't? Uh, You know, it's remarkable the extent to which people will go to try to explain away the miraculous power of God. The bottom line is that God is all-powerful. He can do anything He wants. Remember, the angel said, is anything too hard for God? So why did then the Lord include this story in the Old Testament? And we'll share the answer to that question, which is not as obvious as you might think. When we come back with the next broadcast, we call Study Verse by Verse. Our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely, the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and we can be found on the web at highlands.us. Ministry and worship continues at Church of the Highlands, albeit in different modes and manners. Find out more on that website, again, highlands.us. And if you have a prayer request or other need which we might help with, don't hesitate to call us at 650-873-4095. I'm Mike Trout, inviting you back tomorrow at the same time when we'll gather again to study verse by verse.